Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, Jay and Nat are here with Ben and Dan, developers from Dr. Block. Ben and Dan, thank you both for joining us. Thank you very much. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, well, while we're saying thank you, we got to thank our sponsor too, Asterian Products. They make great VR, AR headset accessories. They've got a couple new products that just launched, so go check them out on Amazon. And if you use code FULLDIVE10, you're going to get an extra 10% off. We're excited. I hadn't heard about your studio before we reached out, and uh, I'd love to know. Give us a little background on the studio. What kind of games are you into developing? What's What's been your MO so far? Do you want me to jump in here, Dan? Yeah, go ahead, Ben. All right. The, so we, we basically started as a, a little uh, team doing a game jam um, a few years ago. Uh, just some like-minded, uh, I was a filmmaker. I had a friend who was a filmmaker with me, a bit of a writer. Not much game design experience between the two of us, but then uh, the other two uh, blokes had had a little bit, developed some uh, some uh, mobile games, I believe, right? And uh, we just did a, did a game jam. We all fell in love with each other. We had a really great time. We came up with the concept for Straylight and... We've just been plugging away at that since. So, uh, yeah, that's how, how it all started. So, yeah, we another member of Dr. Block and I had been making video games together for a little bit. Uh, you know, some platformers, uh, some mobile games, things like that. Uh, a little bit, you know, lower on the totem pole than uh, than a VR game. So the, the Vive had just kind of came out and we wanted to do a game jam to, to try out uh, the new tech that we had just bought. So, you know, we, we did a game jam and, uh, you know, basically came up with the idea for Straylight in that, in that, you know, 72 hours at the, it was the 2018 Global Game yeah. Jam was where it, where it all started. So yeah, uh, we have a, you know, bit of diversity in what we're, what we make, but yeah, just anything that's challenging and way too much for five people is uh, usually what we, <laughs> we take on. It's amazing the number of people that are in a development studio and the kind of games that come out. Like I'll I'll see some game and they're like, oh yeah, we're two people. It's like how how is that ever possible? It seems like so much work. You you mentioned Straylight a little bit here. That's your game. It's coming out January thirty first. So I mean, pretty soon here. Tell us about the game for someone who's never heard of it. What is this game? What is it like? Uh, so we call it a, a VR action platformer. It's uh, it's a bit hard to describe the easiest way to say it if we uh, don't get sued as Spider-Man in space. So you're sort of uh, slinging yourself around uh, the sort of cosmic playground. It's uh, basically obstacle courses that you just need to get yourself through. Um, and we uh, one of the things that sort of unites us as a team is we all really love old school platforming games, like way back in the you know Nintendo era and um, uh, even in, even the modern ones and the harder the better. So we really tried to. Uh, Take some of those design principles and see if we could do them in a in a new way that was really um, centered in in like VR and what VR is instead of trying to make a VR version of a flat game. It, try to make it feel like a like an old school platforming game, but really embracing what VR is. So it's uh, kind of where where we tried to land on it. Yeah, and I think we also wanted to uh, have a way to onboard new people into VR. Um, cause we've been going to a lot of conventions and showing hundreds of people stray light over the years. And, you know, as we got feedback, we realized that a lot of people have not had like a VR experience or they've had a bad VR experience. So we really wanted to make stray light something that was comfortable for people to kind of just jump in and, you know, get their feet wet in, in VR and be able to move around in like a comfortable way. But that doesn't mean that the game is easy. Like it's just comfortable because, you know, first few levels, you can have a friend over and they can, they can play stray light. They can zip around a little bit, get the feel for it, beat a couple levels. But then we have that like, uh, 
Ninja Gaiden, like Meat Boy difficulty curve that if you really want to get into into this game and go into the hard mode levels and things like that, there's there's some stuff for the the hardcore gamer in there, uh, as well as you know if you want to do speed runs and tackle leaderboards. So so yeah, definitely rooted in that kind of old school platformer vibe, but really trying to modernize that for for getting people comfortably into VR. Um, nice. And I personally love platformers too. It's, it's funny because I I love VR, but also the old school like Nintendo, Super Nintendo platformers are still like my favorite. Donkey Kong, love going back to that. So I love seeing a platformer style game in VR. That is awesome. And you mentioned a little bit about um, one of the big selling points for the game which is that even people that are new to VR won't get motion sickness from it. So I personally didn't get motion sickness from it. And I, I've kind of gotten over some of that motion sickness because I've been doing VR for so long, but it's something that I still get sometimes for things that are, you know, really intense. Um, And this one, no motion sickness at all, even though it seems pretty like you're kind of flying around, uh, moving around a lot and other similar games I have had some motion sickness in. So what did you do to design the game so that people aren't getting motion sickness from this? Yeah, we we have a lot of techniques uh, for that. Uh, A lot of it was trial and error and experimentation on ourselves. Um, you know, we don't want our, our players to get sick. So we, we, we took the first hit, but once we found something that was kind of comfortable, like we were trying to like, initially in the game jam, we're trying to like pull something towards us. It was backwards. And we were launched towards the thing we were trying to grab. We're like, that was kind of fun. Uh, and then it's been just iteration after iteration of making sure that whenever you move, there's a direct input between what you did in the physical world and what happens in your VR headset. You know, there's a lot of things where if you hit the, the thumbstick and, uh, in, in some other games, you like will lurch forward or strafe or like there's a little bit of unpredictable movement there. We tried to remove as much unpredictable movements as possible. So you have to be engaged with the controller and moving your hand to move forward and where you're looking and pointing is where you're being moved in the game. So it's trying to do a little bit of prediction about what you're doing, giving you a little bit of leeway uh, and never doing anything jarring. Uh, So from like the movement mechanic perspective, it's all about giving the player an expected response. Um, From the visual side, you know, I'll I'll defer to to Ben a little bit here. Um, There's a lot of other kind of things we've, we've done to make it comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is kind of a, a marriage of uh, a bunch of techniques that where we hit the sweet spot. But one of the things we realized very early on, on that first game jam, actually, it's what we built the entire game around, was when you had a movement mechanic that is coupled to a specific hand motion or your own motion, that helps. But the, the real epiphany really was when we took away any sort of references that your brain might interpret as floors, ceiling, close boundaries. When we put ourselves just in an abstract space, all of a sudden, all the nausea disappeared. And we were like, okay, we have something here. All of a sudden we can, we can sling ourselves around and move in a way that I, like, I don't have V I've been a VR game developer for five years now and I have zero VR legs. I can't, I can't handle anything and I can play our game for hours and hours. And we've, we've experienced that with thousands and thousands of people at cons and friends. We've thrown big parties, tons of people who are completely new to VR, never touched a headset before. And I I mean, the caveat is always that there are certain people who can't handle VR no matter what. Right. Uh, But 
we we tend to say like if if you can play a stationary VR experience like Beat Saber or you know the the standard ones, um, then you'll be able to be able to play our game. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the visual aesthetic. It's very uh, abstract. There's nothing that your brain can lock onto and be like, oh, I know what that is. So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna feel sick. Right. Uh, so it's a very specific solution to a big problem, but we were able to get a pretty fun game out of it. So there you go. I was wondering that too. That's interesting to hear because when I was playing it, I'm like, oh, is I wonder if part of the reason that I'm not feeling sick is because it's just like it's space and there's stars. And so you're not like, oh, I'm upside down. Ooh. So yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear that that was part of the um, mechanics going into it. Something as simple as just the, the environment. Yeah. As, as far as the environment goes, like, like you are in space or cyberspace, um, but we, we don't have like full rotation, you know, it's not like, like you're in like a, a space flight sim or anything like that, where there's like disorientation. Like we, we keep like gravity kind of there to, you know, help people along. And yeah, like we, we, Threw some buildings in in the early prototypes, you know, like had ground like, hey, this is familiar to people. It's just like real life. It, it was it was no good. <laughs> it kind of made us <laughs> made us very queasy. So, uh, yeah, the abstract, you know, void of 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 stray light, I think, is kind of the the sweet spot there. Yeah. Just just a real quick note to uh, tag of what Dan was saying is we even have we have uh, if you played the game, we kind of have these big we call them monuments, big sort of pretty spinny abstract things to look at that you're flying around and you can get up kind of close to them, but we, we realized we had to be really careful with how you interact with those. And at the beginning we thought, Oh, we're going to be flying through those and it's going to be so cool. And our magic trick fails instantly as soon as you start having too much stuff around you. So it was really an interesting design challenge to make a fun, engaging game with inside those constraints of like where you, you just could never, get too close to big monuments. You couldn't constrain the player in that way. They had to be able to fly anywhere they wanted to, but we also wanted to direct you along a path. So it, it was a lot of interesting design challenges, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. Yeah, it makes a joke. It's like, this might kill you, but go give it a hug and see. And I thought that was funny <laughs> because it's like, it just told me not to go near it, but you kind of reiterate how getting too close to something can do it. I find it very interesting that that's what made the difference in these games, because a lot of games like this, they try to add comfort options that put a cage around you or like they say car games might not because you see the car and gives you like some point of reference to ground you in reality. But I found like I don't really get sick, but I feel like a lot of people who even try those, they turn those off like, oh, that's making it worse when that's supposed to be the comfort setting. So everything you're saying is kind of going against what we've been taught so far and how to not make people sick. Yeah, we we. I'd, I'd love to take full credit on our giant brains that we just sat down and we figured this out. But it, I mean, we we stumbled up, we stumbled on the the core thing a bit, and then uh, we were fortunate enough to realize what we had there, and then just build the game around that. Which is, it's not an option that most games, most styles of games have, right? So it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was again interesting design challenges in terms of gameplay maybe they'll come out with a car racing game that's set in space so people don't get sick oh i i think i played that actually <laughs> uh well i it immediately took me back to windlands and to the top were kind of the two games that this reminded me of but both of those games are notorious if you want to find out if you can get motion sick play those two games so i applaud your efforts here to touch on your on your point there uh yeah like we use those games as inspiration i, I love both of those games uh i just wanted to make them more comfortable for you know 
for myself. And that's kind of the, uh, it. And you're bringing this to all VR headsets is the idea at launch. What what did it take to actually make that happen? I feel like so many games only launch on one now. As far as how many platforms we got on, uh, I think overambition is like how we achieve that. Uh, <laughs> the we Like I said, in the original Game Jam, I bought a Vive. You know, another team member had a Vive. We were like, we're just going to make a Steam game. And then the Quest came out. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, we need we need to be on this device. And then the Quest 2 came out. Okay, now we can ratchet up some of our, you know, <laughs> our visuals. And then they're like, well, PlayStation's another huge market. And we're like, let's port to PlayStation. And, you know, it, it took another year, year and a half to just get on all of these platforms. And we're kind of like, we're at the finish line. There's more devices coming out. We we will do our best to, to support them. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of drawn our line in the sand with you know, the, the current Steam uh, PC VR headsets, uh, you know, the MetaQuests and, and PSVR. So, yeah, it, it's a huge challenge. I can uh, go into whatever other details you like on the on the tech side, but uh, I'll defer to Ben here for a chime in. I was just going to make a note that the the real difficulty with deciding to, you know, it's cool that in our trailer we're able to say it's on every VR thing, and it basically is, uh, but trying to get the aesthetic and the feel, even though it is low poly, there's still, there's still a lot of visual tricks there to make it look interesting, right? That are are not super friendly to low uh, low performing headsets like the mm-hmm. Quest One or the PSVR, and uh, our our coders Dan and Chris just I mean they they broke their minds and bodies to get this game <laughs> to perform and and it also has to perform impeccably uh, or else mm-hmm. you will get sick like you you have to be running at that exactly at that frame rate you can't have any skips mm-hmm. so these guys really like they they went above and beyond to uh to get it running on those headsets and it and looking pretty good. You know, it doesn't look quite as good, but it still looks pretty good. Yeah, porting to those uh, systems was like a master class in performance because you can afford some frame drops in like a normal 3D game. You cannot in VR. Mm. Uh, one, you fail cert, but uh, <laughs> two, it, it would make you very sick or, or your your players very uncomfortable. So you, it just has to be rock solid and stable the whole time. So, you know, sometimes we lose a, a particle here or there or, you know, a few polygons here or there. And I, I get, you know, berated for it. But, you know, it's for the greater good. <laughs> I fight for every particle in our game. <laughs> will will it be coming out on PSVR 2? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> not at... <laughs> uh, so we're, we're launching before uh, that is uh, available. Uh, we're we're currently working through those. Yeah, we... Uh, I believe the process... We have to, we have to pitch Sony again. Uh, they have to accept oh. us. We have to... There's several hoops we have to jump through, but it's absolutely uh, a goal of ours we'd love to get to get it on that platform if we're able to uh, i really enjoyed the narrator in the game uh lots of fun little things the narrator said so i was wondering if this was someone on the dev team that was this voice or did you look all you know nationwide to find the best person for this job so actually the a lot of people don't know this but that is ryan gosling that's ryan gosling's voice Wow! In the game, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Searched far and wide in Ben's apartment for this actor, right? Uh, Yeah. So that's the the narrator's me. I I was kind of doing the uh, the writing for you know 
we wanted there to be a little more personality than just flying around an obstacle course. So we came up with this idea of a narrator. I started writing these little things and uh, just to get them in the game and see how they would work. I sort of just started doing the voice and putting, putting some robot effects on it. And uh, it came time to kind of find a voice actor. And I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I, I think the team was like, you're doing fine. Let's just keep you doing it. So yeah, it was really, it was probably one of the more fun parts of uh, making the game was doing that stupid voice. So <laughs> I, I really love your sound that. studio. <laughs> I liked, I really liked too, like the, the kind of sassy things that the narrator said. And like, like Jay said in the beginning, like, Oh, this might kill you, but go ahead and run into it anyway. <laughs> That really, that really added to the fun for sure, and the yeah, fact we, that it's Ryan Gosling. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell everybody on the internet the totally true statement. You heard it here. Get stray light so you can hear Ryan Gosling. So one of the, in terms of the humor and the tone of the game, it was definitely something we evolved to and uh, and found. But uh, I have a couple little nephews that when we started making the game were like. 11 or 12 um, which is probably too young to be playing vr but none of us knew better at the time <laughs> and they it, like they responded to the game in a scary way and at uh when we would take it to conventions we they're just these kids you know between 11 and 14 would get obsessed with the game oh and come gosh. back over and over they'd spend their entire con waiting in line so they could play it again and again wow and uh and we, and I sort of like that's I, that's the sort of sense of humor that I use with my nephews is sort of you know they like being made fun of, <laughs> so we, you know they don't like being like well coddled to or whatever they mm-hmm. they sort of like being teased and teased and mocked and so that's sort of where the the whatever the voice came from or what what it's saying and yeah it was fun it was fun to do <laughs> with that demographic you might give Gorilla Tag a run for its money <laughs> <laughs> right yeah we, we can hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about launching here very soon. Do we have a launch price already? I didn't see one when I was looking. And for Quest, what stores is this coming out on? Uh, the launch price for uh, Straylight is 19.99, and uh, we'll be on the uh, the Meta App Lab uh, as mm-hmm. well as SideQuest uh, at okay. launch. As also including Steam and obviously PSVR. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, wherever you can buy. VR games. Nice. $19.99. I mean, that can buy you, depending on the game, it can buy you a lot of game or a little game. How do you think people are going to react to that price for all the work you've put in? I, we went back and forth on the price a lot because we, we would really love a lot of people to enjoy the game. So we don't mind pricing it at a point where, you know, especially, especially younger people can Mm. talk their parents into buying it or whatever. But there's a weird, I don't know if you y'all have ever experienced this, but it, like if I see a game, a VR game for fifteen dollars, I immediately think, "That's ah, not going to make money." You know, <laughs> it might be a cool experience for like twenty minutes, but that's not like a game game. And so we, but we also were looking at the the games that were a little bit more expensive, uh, maybe twenty five, thirty dollars, and not that we don't think Straylight can can compete in that market or is is as fun and good and as much game as those games but uh, we just really we kept coming back to that 1999 price point as like it feels good to us i think it represents a like this is a pretty good experience but we're not going to we're not going to sock you too hard for it um so we'll we'll see how that works out you're right about something about that cuz like if i see a game that's 999 i'm like mm, this might be bad. but if i see a game that's 1999 on sale 
for $9.99. Then I'm like, right. okay, <laughs> that's, I'm going to try that now. You're on to us now. That That's yeah. really, that's it. $19.99 means you can have it for, you know, $13.99 on sale. And, you know, got, uh, we're all about those Steam sales. So we, we, we will do that. <laughs> So another really fun thing about the game was the music, and that's a big part of the game too. I really enjoy the music, and I was wondering, can you tell us more about how the music was chosen, how it got to be in the game? So we are really fortunate in that in that original game jam, me and my my one buddy, uh, who are sort of a little bit more on the, the art art side of the house, even though we all do everything. We had come from a filmmaking background and we had always had this, we would do these 48 hour film projects and we had always had this go-to uh, friend of ours that was this great composer. He's like super amazing piano player and he could just turn around things right away. And we called him up on Sunday and we were like, Rob, we have two hours to come up with a cyberpunk style song for this game jam. And he came over and he just made the most beautiful, amazing, <laughs> perfect, perfectly toned. It's, it's all... Other than mastering, I think note for note, it's in the game as he made it that afternoon. Wow! <laughs> and it just set, it set the tone for the entire. Like even visually, I was like, we need to make it look like that sounds. Mm. And so we we actually brought him on as a, he's one of the full five team members of Doctor Block. So we have like an in-house composer. Nice. So he's yeah, he's worked um, and he does he does a lot of other stuff too. But like he's worked really hard over the last five years to just come up with just music that challenges your ears as much as the game challenges the player. And uh, we're, we're really happy about the score. We think it's one of the, one of the really like uh, I, words failing me. Uh, just one of the, one of the main attractions of the game, you know, like it's, it's, it's a powerful part of the experience. For sure. Just like to the top, like I feel like with to the top, the music is such an important part of that game too. That's that's why it made this game made me think of to the top because of like the the music with the movements and the environment all just going together. Also, can you find the music for this game on Spotify or somewhere where people could listen to it just on the go? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. Rob Kovacs, uh, you know, as Ben said, is our our composer. Uh, it's on, I think, Spotify, Pandora. Um. Uh, I do believe the the full. He has a couple, He's released a couple singles. Um, he also performs on Twitch under the the moniker of eighty eight bit. He's fantastic. Um, a lot of fun. But uh, I think the full st the soundtrack is going to drop on the 29th, I believe. Uh, so it should be fully. Hyped. Yeah, yeah. So you should be able. It, it'll be on. But wherever you can listen to music, he'll have it up there. I, I guarantee you. Yeah, and then he's I'll got a laundry list of places that it's being uh, released, including Steam. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. you'll be able to, to buy it and download it on Steam as well. People can download the music, get hyped just in time for the game to come out on the thirty first. And January I will 31st. one one other thing. He worked uh, really hard with a, with the uh, record company that we brought in to release the soundtrack, he's made sure that it's all, I don't know exactly the term, but so where you can stream it and you won't get any awesome. takedown notices. And oh, like nice. he made really sure that you can, you can do whatever you want with the music online and YouTube and Twitch and wherever, and there'll never be any issues. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. And it's on vinyl, 
which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> well, that's what's important. We got a purist in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like this is years of work coming together, getting it on all these platforms, and you're almost there. You've almost crossed that finish line. But is there a future? Is there updates? Is there something you didn't get done in time that you're hoping to do later on? Yeah, one of the things, at least for me, that we're really excited with, um, uh, obviously the game is uh, 1.0. It's it's fully finished. We're very proud of it. Um it would be nice to add little things here and there, maybe some extra levels, you know, if people really respond to the game, give them a little bit more stuff to do uh, down the road. Uh, I know mostly what we're excited about when we talk about Straylet in the future is um, working in some sort of uh, multiplayer. Um, so you can swing around with your friends, maybe even play some, play some mini games, uh, you know, compete with each other, race each other. Um, that's really what's, what's, exciting to us at the moment um so whether that comes as an update to straylight one or maybe we you know have other plans down the road we'll we'll have to see but uh yeah definitely uh definitely we have more visions for more cyber slinging around the universe in the near future Sweet. if there was multiplayer i would definitely lose <laughs> i had a lot of fun but i was like wow like in the in the tutorial thing in the beginning there's the thing at the end which is like is it's like getting you to break. And I was like, I cannot do this. So I just have to leave the tutorial. <laughs> you did not want to break or? <laughs> I couldn't. I was oh. like, because it it said like how to do it, but I wasn't paying attention and I missed it. Right. And then it wouldn't say it again. I was like, well, I'm just not going to do it. We'll have to All patch right. that. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll add, we'll add a little like extra. That, that are, <laughs> don't pay attention. Just, just a way to have it say say repeat <laughs> please repeat yeah. tutorial <laughs> yeah D did you fall into the abyss repeatedly or I didn't did really you just quit to the yeah i just i just quit the tutorial eventually because i kept trying i was like okay i can do it maybe i'll figure it out because it said something about like pulling on something or something and then I kept trying and I was like, well, yeah. I'll just go into level one. <laughs> For those listening at home, you pull back on the thumbsticks um, mm -hmm. or yeah. uh, depending uh, which which device did you have? Quest 2. Quest 2. Yeah, you pull oh, back yeah. on thumbsticks and that'll that'll break. Quest Ooh. Pro, actually. Oh, Quest oh. Pro. That's right. Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> we're fancy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Getting the full experience. <laughs> wow. We, we don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I sadly don't recommend it at the price it's at, but it is cool if you get sent one to use it. There you go. If the price we'd love was, to be sent one. Right. <laughs> if the price was closer to like a quest two level price, I feel like it would be very recommended. But yeah, it's it's already had some some fun little issues that yeah. it shouldn't have at that price point. Anyway. So once once you went into level one, I take it, how, how was your experience then? It was super fun. I am notoriously really bad at like learning new games. Like it takes me a while. One of our hosts, Adam, um, he talked about in one episode game literacy and how like, you know, when you have played these certain games before, you have some game literacy and you can kind of figure stuff out. And I have low game literacy apparently because I'm always like struggling to figure out how to do stuff. <laughs> so eventually it'll get to the point where I can, but I was so slow. Like Jay played for like 10 or 15 minutes or something, got through like the first, like the tutorial and the first couple levels. And I played it, I swear for like 45 minutes and I got through the tutorial 
and the first couple levels and it was like yeah but i had a lot of fun it was if great. it helps if it helps again we've we've put we've had put so many people through this game at conventions and our friends and stuff and that that experience tracks but you definitely it, it definitely is like once you get into the motor it gets into your motor memory like you'll right. you'll be you'll be competing you'll be blowing you'll be blowing past him but some people do just pick it up like that jay's played a lot of windlands and to the top and stuff i i haven't played a lot of those i tend to like i don't know i tend to get like very into like one game and i'll like just play that for a long time so so i don't play a lot of different games to like get a lot of the mechanics down so but that's my new year's resolution is to play more vr games so this was this helped me with that i was like yes playing something new and it's great i approve of that resolution (laughs) (laughs) we're helping (laughs) yes good job So I wondered, is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you were hoping to tell us and our listeners about any other upcoming things that you guys have going on? We're just really excited to uh, launch the game. Uh, we're only a week a week away, week and a half away. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're going to have a we're going to have a rat beer and high five and smile and then get to work on the next thing. Woohoo! Nice. January 31st. January 31st. Download it. Buy it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your nephews and nieces about it. Tell the random kid down the street about it so they can bug their parents. Yeah, tell them it won't make your grandma sick. There you go. You're good. Good for kids Anybody can play it. Your aunt, yeah, your aunt Flo can play it. (laughs) Show off a blast. Uh, well, of course, we're going to make sure that there's links in the description of the show notes for you, you out there listening who want to try this out. And I would love to hear from any of you who put it to the test on someone who does get sick. You know, does it really hold up? Because I, I'm surprised that Nat was able to play as long as she did and she didn't get sick. So I was like, maybe this really is on to something. Uh, again, Dan, Ben, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. This was great. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you for having us. <laughs> and remember if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast but you're like oh i want to see some of this game before i buy it or something you can come over to youtube we'll have some trailers up on it so you can kind of see what you're getting into see us talking here dan and ben they got some cool stuff in their backgrounds actually too i see a guitar on the wall that i was kind of curious about this whole podcast <laughs> but we're here for you and uh we just want to say thanks for coming out and if you're thinking about vr maybe it's time to uh fly on in oh <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>